¿Dónde están todos los demás? Where is everyone else? Hello and welcome to a wonderful, exciting, thrilling solo Shift F1 podcast. I'm your host, Danny O'Dwani. Glad to be here. Mr. Drew Scanlon is still out somewhere in. Last time I saw, he was tw- taking photographs from the. I'm not sure if you call it a pit. I feel like Eurovision doesn't really have a pit so much as it has a standing area in front, directly in front of all the Euro madness that's happening. And there's no shortage of Euro madness in 2017. Uh, He's off in the Ukraine doing his thing for Cloth Map. Uh, I've had a super busy week here at Noclip, so apologies. This is actually going up a little bit late. Um, Next week, we'll be be back to a a two-personer, I swear. Um, But... uh, yeah, we're here to talk about uh, the Spanish Grand Prix. Where is everyone else? That, that counts for both the hosting of this podcast and also largely what happened, at least for the final three quarters, final half, certainly the final quarter of uh, the uh, Spanish Grand Prix, which we just enjoyed at the Circuit de Barcelona, Catalonia, uh, over the weekend. Um, it was good fun. If Drew was here, it actually would, would have been fun to run down the uh, Formula E as well that was on in Monaco. Uh, on the shortest circuit I have ever seen, it, uh, I'm, I'm I forgot that they they truncate Monaco so so um, so much for the for that race. But uh, um, yeah, I mean, not much overtaking going on there. But that meant that there was some pretty fun crashes too. Uh, maybe we'll get around to that when he comes back. But uh, for today, we're here to talk about what happened at the Spanish Grand Prix uh, and everything that's happened since as well. Uh, a little bit of a shuffle in terms of the uh, some of the pack. Um, after this one. Anyway, going into this race, the sort of big news story on everyone's lips, I guess, was the upgrades that were that were coming in uh, from some of the teams, specific, specifically Ferrari and uh, Mercedes's. Uh, but as we saw over practice, at least Ferrari had a sort of a bum day on the Friday. Um, but as everything sort of trimmed up uh, leading into qualifying, it actually looked like the gap was not really uh, there. It, the, the the way the top four shook out seemed it was so close between everyone. I think it was four tenths in the end between one and two, um, and certainly less between two and three. Uh, I think uh, there was the, the, any fears people had of a Ferrari of a Mercedes catch up uh, seemed to be alleviated. Um, although as we talk about the rest of the race, perhaps both of them had significant upgrades that might take them both away from the rest of the, the pack. Um, Alonso qualified in seventh, which was my main, uh, I guess, note here. In, in fact, several notes being that he he managed to get into Q2 relatively handily. Um, and then I actually was expecting him half just to sit on his tires and, and, and stay on 10th. But uh, he managed to pip... Um, three three drivers who've been doing quite well uh, for seventh place. Um, he uh, Okan almost had uh, almost got in there as well, or almost got even higher. He had a bit of a problem with his um, uh, triggering his DRS button too early, which is something I've actually never really heard of before. Um, but Alonso for his uh, for his talking about his successful seventh place position uh, said the fans were a couple of tenths yesterday, uh, obviously enjoying quite a lot of uh, very. Uh, good cheering on from everyone in the crowd. Uh, I, I was trying to... Last week we talked about the whole thing about Chase Carey and everyone um, at Liberty adding a bunch of fan-focused stuff to the weekend. And I was watching a lot of the coverage and they weren't getting very specific about it. But the general 
I mean, I'm not sure if everyone was briefed to mention it, but the general feel around the paddock seemed to be that there was a lot of cool fan stuff going on. Um, I saw videos of Fernando Alonso handing out caps and, and using a t-shirt gun, uh, but I, I couldn't imagine that wouldn't be something he'd do on a regular Spanish GP weekend. Uh, but it sounded like, yeah, a bunch of uh, cool fan stuff was going on. In fact, during the race, we probably saw one of the most uh, modern versions of fan engagement uh, we've seen on, on the Formula One, uh, on a Formula One weekend in a long time, but we'll get to that. Um, Martin Brundle before the race asking Bernie Eccleston if he was going to buy Force India <laughs> and turn into Bram. Uh, Brundle being asked by, by Bernie if, he, if he'd race for him if he did that. Uh, yeah, weird little rumors going around that, that Bernie might uh, find a new way to stay in Formula One once he's pushed out. Uh, which seems to be the case, as we talked about last week. Uh, to run down qualifying, Lewis Hamilton pipped pole uh, from Sebastian Vettel uh, by almost four tenths. Valtteri Bottas sitting behind him, uh, but with six hundredths of a second. Uh, Kimi Raikkonen in fourth, rounding up a 2-2 with the Mercedes and Ferrari. Uh, then we had the Red Bulls sitting behind. Max Verstappen qualifying fifth, doing very well. Daniel Ricciardo. Um, on the dirty side of the track at sixth. Fernando Alonso reaching seventh. That would be his highest qualification of the year. Sergio Perez sitting behind him. Has a speedy weekend, so well done to Fernando for getting uh, in front of him. Felipe Massa in ninth. Esteban Ocon uh, continues to uh, impress, uh, getting in at tenth. Uh, the next section rounds off is Kevin Magnussen in 11th. Carlos Sainz Jr. in 12th. Nico Hulkenberg 13th. Uh, Rogro in 14th. Can't be very happy with that. A couple of places behind his teammate. Three, in fact. Pascal Verlein and Marcus Ericsson in the Sauber is rounding up 15 and 16. Julian Palmer in 17. So that might be one of his better qualifications of late. Lance Stroll in 18. Stoffel Van Dorn in 19th. And Danny Kvyat in a rather horrific 20th position. Um, as uh, is, yeah, rounds up our, our 20th. I said round up about 20 times there. I need to round up what I'm rounding up. Hey, Danny, will you take us through the first lap? I sure will, Danny. First uh, corner, it all gets a bit jumbled up. But they all get down there pretty well. Uh, Lewis Hamilton gets a good start, so does Vettel. Uh, Valtteri and, and Kimi are having a little bit of a battle behind. It looks like Kimi, Kimi gets in front. Uh, Max Verstappen and Ricardo are actually having a crazy sort of swimming back and forth like some sort of Oxbow Lake situation uh, in, uh, behind all of them. Uh, it looks like Max then ends up diving off the outside, attempting to get around both Valtteri Bottas and Kimi Räikkönen. It looks like he has the edge on it, but then shock, bang, crash, bang, wallop. Um, there's a, there's a three-way contact uh, right on that first turn. Valtteri Bottas trying to go down the inside of Kimi Räikkönen, who's got track position. Kimi gets pushed out, ends up touching Max Verstappen. Both of them... Um, shunt their wheels relatively hard uh, in the process Kimi's front left suspension breaks uh, Verstappen also takes damage uh, the two of them go over the cones on the um, outside of turn one there's this bollard has been put up uh, to basically shepherd cars from exiting onto the outside of the apex of turn two back into traffic uh, neither of them decide to go for it it looks like uh, and in the background, we also see another somebody get pushed out. They basically like turn back into traffic, um, and then we see a Fernando Alonso waywardly flying into the dirt uh, and a bunch of cars braking. And it looks for a second like we're going to have like a, a Spa nineteen ninety nine situation. Um, I forget what year that was, uh, where where all the cars get collected into each other. Um, but uh, they get away with it. 
everyone most of the cars who are struck in keep going um and uh and ever there's a, a a large shuffle of cars um there's also a crying child because uh it's clear that at least one car is not going to make it around for a second lap and that is Kimi Raikkonen uh, the camera zoom in on a child who's crying in a Ferrari uh jersey echoing the emotions that all of us felt at the same time as well um Max Verstappen I've got a note here Max out uh, looks like he also has a bit of a problem there. Um, a puncture, they reckon, is what it is at that stage. Um, by this stage, they fly around the uh, for, to the, the main straight. Vettel is 2.2 seconds ahead of Hamilton, uh, easily out of DRS uh, range. Force Indias, by this stage, are up in 5th and 6th. Alonso is back in 11th. Uh, what actually had happened was that Felipe Massa, who was either trying to take avoiding action or was just being a little bit of a dick around turn 2, basically forced him out, hit him, and pushed him out into the gravel. Um, Alonso said after the race, those ahead of us were hitting each other. I took a risk, but maybe I should have stayed behind him, but I had nothing to lose. So it sounds like he's kind of okay with Felipe. In the time, he seemed like he was a little bit angry about it, but it looks like he tried to dive up the inside to take another position. Um, God knows we all would have loved to have seen a, a position three or four Fernando Alonso around the first lap of the Spanish Grand Prix. Um, neither car could get around the bollard you could see in the replays what actually happened is that both cars uh front left suspensions had been damaged to the point where they're uh, they w they couldn't turn left properly um or at least i guess it was max right side uh, my notes is left here but I'm, I'm assuming it was where they touched uh, max verstappen retires uh, so we don't have to worry about any penalties for them uh, at all although it seems that the the stewards were being relatively um, uh, lenience this weekend uh, lap 3 most important thing that happens is the camera now focuses on the mother of the crying child who is also crying um, they're having a really bad time of it perhaps she was a Max Verstappen fan perhaps he was a, a Kimi Raikkonen fan as we all are uh, but sad scenes sad scenes in the Spanish Spanish uh, stands signs on Kvyat on turn 1 slash 2 almost makes it happen Carlos Sainz Jr um, looking for blood had a, 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 a decent qualification would we say maybe 12th uh, probably got a little bit better but um, trying to make up for it and kind of everyone you know everyone got two free places essentially once Verstappen and, and Kimi were out uh, and a bunch more people obviously getting damaged in there as well Botas seemed to get away from it without any problems um, at least at this stage it seems to be the case Massa has a bad pit on 5th uh, lap 5 uh, loses a place because of it Botas uh, is certainly off the pace at this stage. Um, this is lap eight. He's six seconds behind Hamilton. Hamilton, uh, that gap between him and Vettel is still at about 2.5 seconds. Um, unsure if that is Hamilton just staying clear of his dirty air or the, whether Vettel is trying to create some sort of a gap. Uh, somebody, Bono, or somebody comes over the, the radio for Hamilton, says target minus five, uh, which seems to suggest that Mercedes are going to go for a three-stop and attempt to undercut the Ferrari so the tires are getting relatively worn out on this track and a lot of people were suggesting that this is uh, most certainly a two-stopper but, but could possibly be a three-stopper as well um lap 12 the next one Vano tells Hamilton to push 
which uh, would suggest that they are doing that. They're trying to ride out those um, tires, get a, get a good bit of uh, time delta made up before they go for an early pit stop and, and try to do that uh, undercut. Uh, Ferrari uh, then essentially tell Vettel to push because they are watching the televisions, presumably. Uh, Sainz and Magnussen pitting together on lap 14. Sainz comes out quick, has a faster stop, almost hits him in the pit lane, um, and then decides to drive up the outside of the pit lane onto the grass um magnuson you know you can you you can go two cars wide in the pit lane um if the pit lane permits it <laughs> the spanish pit lane is not that wide it it can take probably one and a half cars and magnuson is not you know making space uh so signs is behind him but then yeah the sides are is essentially doesn't have track position or doesn't have pit lane position but attempts for some reason to to voluntarily drive on the grass as if he's going to have any grip there so he ends up pulling back in um and 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 giving magnuson the position uh but complains about it over the radio and then that comes up uh, uh under investigation by by charlie and co um Lap 15, Vettel pits, undercutting the undercut, essentially reacting to what Mercedes were talking about over team radio. Um, Vettel comes out, uh, past Ricardo, comes out and then overtakes Ricardo on lap 16. Hamilton is still pushing at this stage. Um, so at this stage, we reckon that there's higher de- degradation on the softs and most people are going to go for three stops in this race. So it looks like what Vettel's doing is makes sense. Um Although there are some people worried that perhaps they set them up to do that and that Hamilton's actually not going to uh, pit this early, but we'll see. Uh, Magnussen's pit conversation was really strange. I thought, I thought, or uh, sorry, his his talk with his engineer was one of the strangest things I've ever heard. Um, uh, They basically, the pit wall came over the radio and said, we saw everything, but tell us what he did. Magnuson comes over and then says, this is what he did. And then the pit says, we know, calm down, we saw everything. It was the most weird conversation I've ever heard happen between perhaps two people whose English is not their first language. I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, that was the only thing that happened within a four-lap situation that I found interesting. Hamilton, lap 19, sounding absolutely exhausted every time Bono comes over the radio to talk to him. Hamilton sounds like he's uh, he's running a marathon in the car, which I guess essentially they are doing. Stoffel van Dorn on Julian Palmer, lap 21. Uh, wonderful overtake. Uh, Perez has a bit of a dodgy pit stop there as well. They had a little bit of trouble getting the front... Uh, I say front right off here. I think it was the front left um, off the car. Uh, he rejoins. Lewis Hamilton finally pitting lap 22. This is a... Full seven laps after uh, Sebastian Vettel has. Presumably he wasn't riding those uh, tires that hard if he managed to get seven laps out of them. Uh, pit delta minus five. Would that suggest that he was going to pit closer to, to lap 21 or, or beyond? Um, or sorry, lap, lap 27 or eight or beyond? Uh, we'll have to see. But he comes out on mediums in third, which might suggest that perhaps Hamilton's actually going for a two-stop. Um and he comes out in third uh, behind Sebastian Vettel by a decent margin. And at this stage, Valtteri Bottas is in front of Vettel. And the worry is that 
Botas might hold up uh, Vettel uh, and help out his buddy uh, Sebastian or his buddy Lewis Hamilton or his championship competitor Lewis Hamilton as, as we could maybe say depending on how this race goes uh, Hamilton over the radio how far ahead is Vettel uh, to which Bono comes back we're on mediums opportunities later so they're trying to say you got to hold this one out we're going to attempt to create a scenario in which you've got better tyres and later in the race and, and we'll be able to, to go for the overtake uh, lap 24 Botas holds up Vettel on the straight uh, he also locks up on turn 10 while Vettel's trying to, to get around him Vettel probably could have done it the overtake at that stage um, but he was a little bit uh, too heavy on the brakes himself and, and sort of misses out on it so they, they go into the arena Botas ends up creating the uh the the gap um uh and Vettel at this age is getting very frustrated because he's he's essentially tried to overtake Botas on the straight like three laps in a row I think um ever since Hamilton or two times in a row at this stage ever since Hamilton uh, went for that pit stop and put him there uh or put them on top of each other so Hamilton at this age is actually closing up a lot and Vettel really needs to get past him so lap 25 they cross the line Vettel does Sort of what Kibbe, or um, sort of what uh, Verstappen did on the first lap, and essentially does this like crazy serpentine three direction swap, um, knowing that of course Valtteri Bottas cannot change directions if he's protecting his overtake. Uh, he goes up on the inside on the grass a little bit, uh, but it's a relatively tidy overtake for for Vettel in the end. Um, although a rather aggressive one, he gets past uh, Bottas. Um, and then we have a one of the, the perhaps the best moments of the entire Grand Prix, which is the Ferrari kid in the the somewhere in the paddock meeting the stricken Kimi Raikkonen, his hero. I'm not sure if his mother was there as well, but the child certainly very happy getting his cap signed and a handshake and perhaps a hug and perhaps a from Kimi Raikkonen. Um, very happy about it. Great moment. Great moment for, for everyone in Formula 1. And a wonderful social media opportunity. Congratulations to everyone at Liberty for dragging F1 into the 21st century. 27th lap. Target plus 15 for Hamilton. Um, Bono comes over the radio and says, which would suggest that they are back to a two-stop if they're going... Um, the next target pit is 15 laps beyond. Uh, of course, this is uh, uh, Lewis Hamilton on the medium tyres at this stage. Um Ericsson passed Alonso. Alonso is now in 14th position, lap 29. He's started in 7th, now in 14th. Soon enough, he'll be in 21st. Uh, 30, lap 31. Hamilton can't close the gap with these tyre guys. Uh, looks like Ferrari might be able to stretch them out a little bit. Sorry, he says he stops talking after guys. The rest is me talking. Um, Vettel's doing a good job. Obviously, they are reacting to the changing, evolving strategy of the Mercedes. Uh, at this stage, you got to say the Mercedes are in the, the better position, but uh, Ferrari have done some really bold decisions in terms of their tyre strategy since the start of the season. So you could not rule them out. Um, finding finding the grip, well, Vettel finding the grip and, and the team finding the strategy to try and get them past the Mercedes later in the race. Um, Hamilton passed Ericsson and lap 33. Hamilton's sounding incredibly tired uh, every time they talk to him still. Lap 34, Massa is great overtake of Van Dorm. Uh, Van Dorm rammed him and uh, breaks the front right. Uh, and he's stuffled in the gravel on the outside of turn one and apologizes. It was a very strange overtake. Essentially, it was the same place. Actually, no, sorry. Massa was... It was the same place that... Uh, 
actually, it's not really a fair comparison either. On turn one, where where the three of them essentially went too wide, uh, pulling to the left on a right-hander, uh, Massa had the racing line, uh, made a relatively you know benign right turn, but Van Dorn was coming around the outside of him and essentially turned just directly into it. Massa, like, kind of tried to almost ghost car <laughs> overtake, um, but hit hit a car that wasn't a ghost car at all. It was it was a real Felipe Massa car. Uh, and broke his front right, so I mean a, a relatively unforced error from from Stoffel van Dorn, uh, who had qualified in 19. So not a great weekend for him, it's fair to say. And he apologizes. Uh, stops in the gravel in a relatively difficult spot, so the virtual safety car is triggered, um, which then essentially, I think it was Hulkenberg and Verline immediately came in. Um, to, to take advantage of that. Uh, right at the end of the virtual safety car, Hamilton pits on lap 37. Uh, almost at the exact wrong time, in fact. He comes in, the virtual safety car ends, I think, right as he's pulling out. So he doesn't necessarily lose that much time. Um, but more importantly, his, uh, his competitor, Sebastian Vettel, was trying to, I guess, get some... I don't know why he was trying to do. Actually, he he decided not to to pit um, until that time as well, until right after that time as well. Uh, Verline passed signs. Hamilton is was on the softs for thirty three laps, or he's going to be on the softs for thirty two laps. He pits onto softs. Vela comes into the pits um, and uh, essentially is on the next lap, and, or, or yes, on the next lap, and essentially trying to to get out ahead of Hamilton. Uh, lap thirty eight, they basically Vettel comes out of the pits. Hamilton is coming down the main straight they're side by side this is lap 38 side by side um hamilton though forced wide uh, and vettel ends up winning that battle hamilton forced wide did not go around the bollards um i'm not sure i can't remember if he hit the speed bump the the thing was that if you hit the speed bump i think you do have to go around the bollards if you don't then you, then you don't have to um, speed run take up most of the area on that runoff. So unless you're actually in the gravel, which which is probably why if you go through the gravel, you're not going to get out anyway. So you don't have to go around the bollards. Um, but uh, incredibly, incredibly close. Uh, it, it continues to be close. Lap thirty nine, uh, so close on turn one again. Uh, Vettel, of course, is on mediums at this stage, trying to stretch them out. Hamilton attempting to do so in the 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 soft tires. Uh, if he wants to overtake he essentially has to do it relatively soon you would you would think um botas then looks like he's having a bit of a problem engines on fire uh the engine actually got replaced by him he had a bit of a problem i think with the water cooling system on his new engine so uh in an emergency on the weekend i think it was on a saturday they actually swapped his old engine back in and um, which is now basically killed itself so botas sadly out of the race uh which promotes daniel ricardo who's been basically unseen for this entire race uh, into third position he of course the only Red Bull that's running after Verstappen got taken out as well so we're down to three uh, of the, the main I guess main pack Vettel the only Ferrari on track Hamilton the only Mercedes on track and Daniel Ricciardo the only Red Bull on track um, Vettel getting into traffic on the straight uh, was able to protect against Lewis Hamilton because he got DRS but they're they're running into trouble here where Vettel is definitely um defending hard against Hamilton and they're also about to run into a bunch of back markers uh, lap 40 continue to drive through back markers lap 41 Hamilton almost tried it on turn one uh, past Vettel but again there were too many back markers lap 42 Hamilton almost again um, 
but the, the, there is the feeling that he really needs needs to do it sooner rather than later because the advantage he's getting on the tyre is going to be uh, dying pretty soon. Hamilton uh, gets him around the outside, though, on turn 44 on lap one. Actually does it relatively easily. I think the, the, the toe he had um, with the power to uh, Vettel, obviously, using Urs uh, to, to try and defend as much as he could. Um, but the, 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 the grip that Hamilton had and the straight line speed of that Mercedes just proving too much in the end uh, for him. Um, Toto Wolff punches the table in happiness in an attempt to rewrite meme history. Um, maybe a tip for you there, Drew. Uh, and no sign of the Ferrari kid. Uh, we wanted to see the Ferrari kid, see if the Ferrari kid was sad, what he thought. Maybe we could have a YouTube show with the Ferrari kid every week. He talks about his favorite things that... Kimi Raikkonen's done probably. I don't think he's much of a Sebastian Vettel fan. He doesn't go blah enough. Lap 46. Hamilton's rear is overheating now. Um, I've got to get some distance away from him because he'll be quicker in the end, uh, is what Hamilton says. Of course, uh, this is Vettel on the medium tires, Hamilton on the softers. Uh, Verlaine gets a five-second grid penalty for going wide of the pit entry bollard. That is the most frustrating unforced error I could possibly think of um, uh, which is a real damn shame because Pascal Verlein's in 7th at the moment in a really competitive pack which they're, they're sort of diving back and forth from uh, but a 5 second grid penalty in that section might actually push him out of the point there's a wonderful little battle between a bunch of cars there um, in, in that in that that part of the track uh, between Verlein and uh, Kvyat who's made up quite a lot of places actually after qualifying in 20th um, Hulkenberg, Carlos Sainz Jr. and Grosjean they're all kind of having a little bit of a, their own mini battle but there's so much going on at the front that um, we're not getting to see so much of it um, lap 50 sorry lap 50 Vettel uh, 2 seconds behind Hamilton at this stage Ricardo's 54 seconds behind him though um, oh lap 51 I have Kimi with the kid so earlier the, the Kimi kid maybe he was just happy in the stands I think I might have jumped the gun there yeah, it would have been a bit weird if after 10 laps they had him in. Uh, but yeah, lap 51, Kimi with the kid. Good job, Ferrari PR department. Esteban Ocon is in fifth by lap 55. Still doing great. Ericsson passed Stroll. Uh, Stroll just having an absolute mare of it. Him and Massa are just not really feeling it at the moment. Uh, lap 56, closing in. We've got about 10 laps left at this stage. 3.5 seconds between the two up front. By lap 57, it was 4.2 seconds. Um, really looking like Vettel's having struggle, uh, really struggling. Um, the, 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 the stretch is happening there, and essentially what they're kind of hoping is that there's enough laps left in the race where Hamilton's softs will fall off. Um, but he did manage to do 33 laps on them previous. Oh, no, sorry, but he, he, he actually he did do 25 laps, I think, on the other ones. On his, on his used set, 22 laps on his used set, so probably 25 in total uh, over the weekend. So um, maybe the deg isn't as bad as everyone's thinking. Alonso passed Massa into 14th. Good job. He gets that position. Probably won't get much higher at this stage. Uh, Stroll and Massa fighting for some reason. Uh, they're battling for 14th position. Um, we should mention there are only 16 cars left driving at this stage. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, everyone loves a trier. Um, lap 65 Hamilton sets a purple lap which essentially sends the message that unless he has a Botas style engine man, uh, malfunction he's essentially going to have no problem defending against 
um, Sebastian Vettel. Uh, Massa on stroll in turn one. The battle at the back uh, for the coveted 15th position. <laughs> uh, nobody wants to come last in this particular race. Um, Magnussen has a puncture, which is just awful. Um, Kvyat uh, ahead uh, and Grosjean ahead. Um, he ends up hitting Kvyat. Daniel uh, now pushing to get uh, closer to, to Verline, who has a penalty. Uh, so they have a little bit of a fight in that whole six, uh, situation. But as that's going on, lap 66, Hamilton crosses the line. Very, very happy. His entire arm was out. He was celebrating with his entire arm, would you believe, uh, out of the car. Very dangerous. Uh, Sebastian Vettel uh, comes through 3.49 seconds. So it did close the gap a little bit, but I'm sure most of that was Hamilton slowing down on the pit straight. Um, and then Daniel Ricciardo, the only other car to finish within the lap, the full race distance, uh, comes in one minute, 13 seconds behind uh, Sebastian um, Vettel. That's a full 70 seconds behind Vettel. Um, 74 seconds if you're keeping count behind the leader Lewis Hamilton uh, and then a wonderful little shake up here uh, we have uh, Esteban Ocon did not manage to retain fourth Sergio Perez comes in Esteban Ocon in fifth Nico Hulkenberg sixth uh, Carlos Sainz Jr. in seventh Pascal Verlein in eighth Danny Kvyat in ninth I mean, he got four extra free places, but uh, apart from that, he did manage to make up seven, so fair play. Roman Grosjean in 10th, Marcus Ericsson 11th, Fernando Alonso got past Massa, of course, and then we had that uh, retirement, I guess not even retirement, I guess Magnussen just had a had a puncture and fell back, but uh, I think due to when Hamilton finished, he did actually technically finished the race. Um, sorry, Ericsson, yeah, Alonso 12th, Felipe Massa 13th. Mm. Apologies, I'm yawning here. I hope you're yawning now because of that. Uh, Kevin Magnussen, 14th for Haas, Julian Palmer in 15th for Renault, and the Williams of Lance Stroll strolling in in 16th. We had four non finishers Valtteri Bottas, Stoffel van Dorn, Max Verstappen, and Kimi Raikkonen. Um, uh, yeah, two of those on the on the the first lap, as it were. Raikkonen for Sta- actually for Stappen was technically on the, the second lap. Uh, Van Dorn uh, with thirty four laps to go, and Bottas sadly with twenty eight laps was unable to finish the race because of exploding cars. Uh, let's look at the driver standings. Um, it uh, certainly shores up the the gap between the the top two. Vettel though is still actually in first with one hundred and four points. Lewis Hamilton sitting pretty uh, within touching distance, a measly. Uh, six points between him and Vettel, uh, Lewis Hamilton, with 98 points. Valtteri Bottas in 63. Um, would have taken a, a relatively significant hit on his position, except that Kimi Raikkonen also failed to finish the race. He's got 49 points. Daniel Ricciardo uh, actually jumping quite a number of people with that third uh, place position. He's got 37 points, two ahead of his teammate Max Verstappen. Sergio Perez doing very well, getting up to 34 points. He's in seventh. Esteban Ocon. Uh, really terrific driver this year. Um, best of the rookies, you have to say, with 19 points. Felipe Massa with 18. Uh, retired Felipe Massa in ninth <laughs> at the moment in the driver standings. Uh, Carlos Sainz Jr. with 17th and 10th. Nico Hulkenberg with 14. Rogro not having a great year. Fifth, or sorry, um, 12th with five points. 
Then we got a three-way tie between Pascal Verlein, K-Mag, and Danny Kvyat with four points each. Marcus Eriksson, Lance Stroll, Fernando Alonso, Antonio Giovinazzi, Julian Palmer, and the unstoppable Stoffel van Doren have yet to register points. And that was the Spanish Grand Prix weekend. It was a it was a fun one. It was an exciting first lap. Um, the battle between the Mercedes and Ferrari continued, I think, which was very important uh, for the competitiveness of this season. But it was a little bit of a worry to see that much of a gap, not only between them and the Red Bulls, but also between the Red Bulls and everyone else. I think that was um, a bit of a worry. But looking ahead in terms of news... Uh, we've got one here about Jensen Button uh, re- re- refusing to rule out a full-time return to Formula One, as is uh, as is the the fashion at the moment, which Felipe Massa can tell us all about. It's a story from Independent.co.uk. Jensen Button has refused to rule out a full-time return to the Formula One grid next season as he prepares for his fairy tale comeback in Monaco. Monaco, of course, not this weekend, the following weekend. Um, Button, who seemingly called time on his 17-season career in Abu Dhabi last November, will be back behind the wheel of McLaren uh, a week on Sunday when he replaces Fernando Alonso in a one-off appearance at the famous Monte Carlo race while the Spaniard competes in the Indianapolis 500. The 37-year-old Englishman may have relinquished his racing duties this season, but the deal in which he signed with Ron Dennis, McLaren's long-serving boss who was, out, who was ousted at the end of last year, means he remains under contract for this season and 2018 too. And with Alonso's future McLaren hanging in the balance, Button has claimed he could be called, a con- blah, 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 called upon by the British team to return next season. I can't rule it out, Button told uh, AP, or sorry, Press Association Sport. Uh, I have a contract with the team to race next year, so I would definitely not rule anything out. I'm assuming that comes from his desire maybe to, to race a couple more times and not the fact that he is locked into servitude with McLaren. <laughs> we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Pascal Verlein, of course, we ran down through the, the, the positions. The Sauber qualifying in eighth position ahead of Danny Kvyat uh, and uh, Roman Grosjean in Toro Rosso's and Haas, which you have to say are much more competitive cars. Verlein very happy with his weekend and um, finishing in the points after a perfect strategy. Um, this is from F1 Fanatic. Pascal Verlein says he could not be more happy after he secured Sauber's first points of the season with eighth place in the Spanish Grand Prix. A strong race from Verlein saw the team take advantage of the virtual safety car to hold off heavy pressure from Toro Rosso. I can't do it, sorry. In the form of Carlos Sainz and Daniel Kvyat. I'm delighted, says Verlein. Really great race. I couldn't be more happy with the race, really. The strategy worked perfectly at the end. Sainz put a lot of pressure on me and he tried to pass many times, but it was so important to keep him behind and to make a gap to the other guys behind him because I have a five-second penalty. The stewards handed Verlaine a five-second post-race time penalty to drop the server from seventh to eighth behind Sainz after he failed to stay right of the pit entry bollard during his final lap. In the end, I just tried to make a bigger gap, says Verlaine. Every lap was I qualifying. In the first part of the race, the most important thing is to manage your tires, but still be quick. Overall, a great race, a great job from the team. I'm really happy. Good job, Pascal Verlaine. 
Good luck in Monaco. Uh, Ricciardo admits uh, the gap remains uh, despite his podium promotion. This one as well from our good friends at Formula One Fanatic. Dan Ricciardo says he's aware of the deficit to Ferrari and Mercedes despite securing his first podium of the season in Spain after Valtteri Bottas's retirement. The Red Bull driver finishes third over a minute adrift of Lewis Hamilton and Sebastian Vettel despite the significant upgrades that the team had brought for the RB13 this weekend. Uh, I'm aware of the gap to the leaders, admits Ricardo. I think they lapped up. <coughs> Excuse me, Daniel had to clear his throat. Uh, both Daniels. I think they lapped up to fourth place. I think they lapped Sergio behind me. Um, Sergio Perez behind me. But to be honest, right now I am aware still of our deficit. I'm just trying to soak up the podium. Sorry, I should be doing this in Australian action. I'm just trying to soak up the podium. Obviously, Botas had mechanical problems uh, and we were fourth and got, let's say, promoted to third. But honey, ba- uh, honey, I'm going into my Cockney accent. Fuck it. But Honey Badger will take what he can get. Uh, Ricardo spent the majority of the Spanish Grand Prix alone, unable to eat into the gap of the leading pair, but still comfortably faster than the chasing force Indias of Perez and Esteban Ocon. <coughs> Excuse me. I was the next guy. I was the next victim, Ricardo jokes. But I was wondering... I can't. Once I go into Cockney, it just I can never get back to Australia. Uh, but I was wondering, if they lapped me and lo- took at each other, do I win the race but get lapped? How does that work? Uh, the Australian says that despite being unable to finish, or sorry, to keep in touch with Ferrari and Mercedes in Spain, he's looking forward to returning to Monaco after coming so close to victory there in 2016. The closest, you could say. Uh, I'm about as keen as a 24-pack of mustard. Ricciardo says, juicy goodness, just beyond the mustard and all that juiciness. I have no idea what the fuck that means. Apparently, Australian people like mustard. Um, and that's basically all the news from the uh, the Spanish Grand Prix weekend. Uh, there was an interesting little back and forth between Vettel and Ricciardo Ricard, uh, uh, up on the, the podium. I didn't watch the actual interviews for fear that we might see more Eddie Jordan. I've still got PTSD after the last race. Um, but uh, there was certainly a, uh, a funny exchange where, where Ricardo basically admitted that he was a minute ahead behind them and a minute ahead of everyone else. And essentially he was driving on his own for most of the race. So that's probably why we didn't see much of him. Anyway, enough about Spain. It's time to race around the W-O-O-R-O-R-O-R-O-R-O-L-L-L-D. Plenty of racing this weekend, May 19th to 21st. NASCAR's Camping World Truck! I'm really trying not to make this microphone peak. Um, an all-star weekend from Charlotte, Ma- Charlotte Motor Speedway kicks off Friday night with a round five of the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. The North Carolina Education Lottery 200. It's a great name. Sort of uh, points towards our dystopian future of education lotteries. Looking forward to that. Um, FIA Formula E. Um, Fresh off their last weekend at Monaco, the drivers of the uh, Formula E Championship will race on the streets of Paris. I did not realize that that was that this weekend, actually. That's that's really something. Um, So that'll be an interesting one. Uh, Can't be any shorter than the Monaco Grand Prix, I'll say that. The Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series is on Saturday, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, where just two drivers will be able to join the star-studded field for the All-Star Race at 8 p.m. That is on Fox Sports 1. If you're interested, the NRHA, with their crazy spoilers, um, are back on Sunday, 2 p.m. Eastern Time. The Top Fuel Funny Car and Pro Stock classes will be in action in the eighth round of the 2017 NRHA Mellow Yellow Drag Race Series. 
from the Heartland Park in Topeka. Topeka, is that Kansas? Where's Topeka? I've heard of Topeka before. You always, Topeka is in, it is in Kansas. I think I've been to Topeka. Is Topeka where Riker, near where Dan Riker's from? Lawrence, yeah, it's down the road from Lawrence. I think I might have actually been to Topeka. Probably doing something I shouldn't talk about. Um, and that's not all though. We got, we got, that's all the four wheels covered. We got some two wheelers too. MotoGP is back. Uh, round five of the MotoGP championship is in Le Mans in Paris, um, which is, uh, which is the a very fun race. So we should enjoy that one. Uh, there was news actually uh, this morning. I want to catch up on it a little bit because I heard that Nikki Hayden had some sort of bike crash. So let me just look up on this. Um, oh, okay, it actually might be worse than, than we feared. Uh, this one coming from, this is breaking news, about 10 minutes ago from BBC Motorsport. Oh my. Uh, Nikki Hayden, ex-MotoGP champion, extremely crit critical after cycling accident. Uh, former MotoGP champion Nikki Hayden is in an extremely critical condition and his family by his side. Oh no. After suffering serious cerebral damage in a cycling accident on Wednesday, the 35-year-old American collided with a car while cycling uh, on the Rimini coastline. He had raced in the World Superbike Championship in Italy last Sunday. We talked about that last week. Um, uh, Rimini is uh, on the eastern coast of Italy, I believe. Um, Hayden, who had been uh, racing for Red Bull's Honda World Superbike team, won the MotoGP Championship in 2006. Uh, the young man is still who is still in intensive care unit of Cecina's uh, Buffalini Hospital has suffered a serious polytrauma with subsequent serious cerebral damage, a hospital statement read. Uh, the prognosis remains reserved. Uh, polytrauma is the medical term to describe the condition of a person who has multiple traumatic injuries. Uh, okay, well, our thoughts and prayers, if you have them, uh, go out to Nikki Hayden um, and his family. Hopefully, we'll see some sort of recovery there. Um, uh, we'll have to wait and see, I guess. We'll, we'll talk about it next week, but that's a very, very sad sport. Uh, sorry, very, very sad news going into um, this weekend of MotoGP. So, yeah, our thoughts and prayers with Nikki and his family. Um, okay. That'll be Alt F1 for this weekend. Thank you so much uh, to everyone for listening to these podcasts. Apologies for these solo podcasts. Um, Mr. Scanlon will be back hopefully next weekend. If he's not um, next week, hopefully if he's not, uh, I'll get somebody else in to, to chat to me about the upcoming Grand Prix in Monaco and also the upcoming Indy 500 because we got skin in the game this year. Yes, we do. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Of course, you can follow Shift F1 Podcast on uh, Twitter. You can review and rate us wherever uh, your podcasts are sold, wherever you want to do that. Um, go to f1.cool if you've got any if you've got any questions and stuff. Um, I don't have access to the emails, which is why we didn't have the emails for the past two weeks. I, I apologize. I um, also wanted to keep some good ones for when Drew gets back. But if you go to f1.cool forward slash contact, you can fill out that form and get your emails to us. Thank you again so much for listening to this podcast. Uh, wishing you the best this weekend. Enjoy some of that racing and we'll see you next week to talk about the funness, the maybe the most exciting race weekend of the year. We're heading to Monaco. See you then. Yum.